This is Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 108. All links and resources you hear in this podcast can be found by going to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 108. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. How are you? Hey, did you notice that when I did the intro, I said, this is your kick-ass life podcast instead of this is the your kick-ass life? No? Yes, maybe. So this is a big decision. You know, these are the big decisions that I have to face every day here over at work. And, uh, I really struggled with that in the very, very beginning. And I'm like, should I say that? Because it is like a podcast, like it's the podcast of, the, anyway, it doesn't matter. But I think I'm going to change it and just say, this is your Kick-Ass Life podcast. So I don't know, it felt feels weird coming out of my mouth that way, but I've had several people say like, I think you should drop the the. And I'm like, okay. I mean, they, they dropped the Facebook. They dropped the the from the Facebook and that was, that turned out just fine. So as always, I'm super glad you're here for another episode and this one's kind of exciting because there is an accompanying worksheet for this episode. I feel like I need, you know, like a drum roll or some like big explosion music or something. So if you go to the show notes, which is actually also this entire post typed out if you would rather read it you can go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 108 and look for the yellow button and if you click on that you can download the uh, worksheet that goes with this and when you do that you will not only be able to download the worksheet but there is a special video on that same page where you download the worksheet where I am actually walking you through it so I'm not just gonna have you do this on your own because this can be a little tricky and what I'm about to go over and I wanted to give you some additional resources as well. So I'm going to walk you through the worksheet and give you some additional resources because relationships are big. Relationships are complicated and that's why there are experts just on relationships. Again, yourkickasslife.com forward slash 108. Look for the yellow button and once you grab it, you can you can have not only have the worksheet, but uh be guided by me. It's kind of like a, like a, more of like a journaling type thing. And uh, I really just wanted to help you wrap your head around these ideas that I'm about to present to you and see if you fall into any of these categories and, and just really see where you need to work on yourself. And this isn't about like, look at how wrong you are. Look at how messed up you are. Because I think that's easy to fall into that trap in self-help. And like, wah, wah, I'm so screwed up. But it's it's really about, you, you have to get to the point where you rip the covers off of what's happening. You shine the light on the behaviors that you're doing that are making you feel like shit, really. And that are making you fall into relationships that that um that aren't serving you so look for the yellow button there and let's get on with the lesson all right well I wanted to actually preface this by saying one thing real quick here is that I wrote this post originally gosh back in like maybe 2011 or 2012 and I originally titled it seven reasons why your relationships might be failing and when I pulled this back up to resurrect it and create a podcast episode around it, I 
kind of hesitated because a lot of times I just really believe that there are no failures in relationships as long as you can look at them and learn from where you weren't doing well and what you were tolerating and what you need to change that is absolutely not a failure so maybe at a more appropriate title and what I what I more mean by this is why your relationships aren't lasting why they're not falling apart because I'll tell you what you know I was in a in a relationship before this one for about 13 and a half years and I don't consider that a failure I mean I learned so much about myself and who I am and why I am the way I am because of that relationship so I certainly don't consider it a failure it fell apart but it wasn't a failure so I just wanted to kind of start us out that way and I also want to say that what I'm about to tell you, these seven things, I have done every single one of these. And and it wasn't really until, like I was mentioning, I, I fell on my face for the last time. I drew a line in the sand and said, no more. And then I was able to see my patterns. I was able to learn how to love myself before I entered a relationship. And I was able to experience what I now consider a loving and healthy relationship. And it's by no means perfect. And it is absolutely one that we as a, in a partnership have to work on all the time. So here they are in no particular order. The first reason why your relationship might be falling apart is that you're so desperate for love, you'll take it any way it's served up. And all of us want the same thing. We all want to love and to be loved. And for some people, there comes a point when we are not feeling loved enough. So we'll take any relationship over being single. We'll take any partner we can get. So whether it's tolerating abuse, whether it's tolerating infidelity, disrespect, boundary violations, and maybe even perhaps in your gut, you know it's wrong to stay, but in your mind, the pain of leaving is actually worse. I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert in Eat, Pray, Love said, the only thing that was more painful than leaving was staying. And I have been there, and I'm sure many of you listening have been there too. And, and this one thing could be definitely its own podcast episode, but I will say this. If you know in your gut the relationship is not well, there is your answer. And really, when you get to that point, I'm not saying every time it's time to leave. I think that that is your huge indicator that it's time to work on it. And it's time to talk to your partner about what you, what you think needs to be done. I don't know if it's therapy as a couple. I've, I've said before that I, I believe that most of the time when we get to a point in our relationships where we need to go to couples counseling, I think that it's very smart and very helpful and I think necessary for each person to go to therapy by themselves on their own. I think we bring all of our shit into our relationships. Absolutely, we do. But I think like really the bottom line of that is about loving yourself first because staying in an unhealthy relationship for the sake of feeling loved will always end in massive disappointment. The second one, the second reason why your relationships might be falling apart is that you might be attracting the same partners as you're feeling. So if you're feeling insecure, if you're feeling bitter, resentful, um, if you are self-loathing, 
chances are you're going to attract the same type of person and or that person is going to treat you exactly as you are feeling. You'll end up also finding evidence of your feelings in the shape of your relationships. For instance, if you're with someone who doesn't feel good about himself, chances are he won't treat you with the love and respect that you deserve, which then opens up the door for your inner critic to come in and say things like, see, this is what you deserve. So it's it's as if your inner critic kind of looks for evidence of what you already believe. You know, we all have these deep-rooted beliefs that are shaped from our childhood, from our family of origin, from our culture, from past relationships that have happened to us. Some of them are deep and subconscious. Some of them we know very, very well. And what ends up happening is that our inner critic is is constantly, I, I like to describe it as like this kind of sleazy lawyer that's looking for any evidence that it can uh, to blame and just like point out the evidence and just say like, well, see, this is why it is the way it is. So it's very quick to find that evidence and it becomes a cycle and it, the cycle can only be broken by you feeling good and loving towards yourself and again this is this isn't always like and then you break the cycle and it's so amazing and then just rainbows fall from the sky and no it doesn't look like that I can tell you it's a lot better it's a lot better but I think that no matter where you are in your personal development journey you still have those points where you get triggered and something happens and somebody says something or you see something and and you get triggered and you kind of like stumble backwards into into old beliefs and it can happen in the blink of an eye. I think what the difference is, you know, I think about even when I wrote this post, uh, I don't know if I was fully in, in the place where I am now, but I I think it's so interesting to me how I deal with life's shit now versus the way I used to. So for example, when I get triggered now, which I still do um, fairly regularly, and what I do now is I get triggered and I know that it has happening fairly quickly. And when I say fairly quickly, I know pretty much within between, you know, like five, maybe 10 minutes before I would get triggered and I wouldn't usually ever know. I would, I would get triggered and I would feel horrible. You know, I'd either feel hurt or angry or anxious or um, not good enough, like all of those things. And I would get really angry and I would usually lash out at someone and or I would hide and isolate and not talk to anyone and sometimes be passive aggressive and sarcastic. And that was my pattern. So now I know that it's happening and I know that it's mine. So I'm not self-blaming. I'm not saying like, oh God, this is all my fault that I'm feeling this way, like I'm such a screw up. No, it's not that at all. I know that these are old childhood wounds that live deep in my body and deep in my kind of old lizard brain that we all have. And I know to get really curious about it. And that actually was sort of reaffirmed for me when I read Brene Brown's book, Rising Strong. And um, as most of you know, I'm certified in her work and it totally changed my life. And, and really there is so much power in curiosity. There's so much clarity in curiosity. And for me, there's so much peace 
in curiosity when you can get to the other side because I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, oh, it's amazing. You know, you, you get curious and then it's all just like poof. No, getting curious really, in my experience, allows me to look at why I'm upset, look at what is mine and look at if there's anything I need to deal with. In other words, are there any feelings around this that I need to feel? Because Lord knows, I'd rather think my way out of it. Like, or do you want to give me like a to-do list? Like that doesn't involve feeling? (laughs) Because I'll get on it. (laughs) And I'll get it done in like 45 minutes. But, and I know there's so many of you listening that are like, "Mm mm-hmm, would rather think and do rather than feel. But trust me girls like that is not how it works and if there was a way out I I would love to hack into that but alas there is not so it is about getting really curious when I get triggered and seeing kind of like unpacking what's in there is there grief that I need to go in the shower and cry about is there disappointment that I need to look at is there a story that I need to tell someone that I might be really upset about so that's, I kind of went off on a little tangent there, but that's really what it looks like in terms of when shit goes down now and how different it feels and how much healthier my relationships are and it is still really uncomfortable. I'm not going to pretend that it's not. It's still really uncomfortable, but I tell you this, it is way, way, way more uncomfortable to be where I was 10 years ago, to lash out, to try to hurt other people that I that I make up have hurt me. It is, it's less, it's less uncomfortable than hiding out and not telling anybody and numbing out with booze or the internet or bad love or all of these things that I used to numb out with. That was my little tangent on there and and what that looks like and what the difference is. So, which, which is actually kind of dovetails nicely into the third reason that your relationships might be falling apart. And this is very specific, but you might be a love addict and it takes one to know one. And when I read the book Facing Love Addiction um, by Pia Melody, I will, there's a link to that in the actual show notes slash blog post. And I read that and I felt like Pia Melody had written my autobiography and then hit me over the head with it. Love addicts, in a nutshell, are addicted to the feeling of being in love, especially new love. And In my case, I was also addicted to the person that I was in the relationship with. The relationship was what gave my life meaning. My life purpose became to make that relationship work, to make him love me the way my heart wanted to be loved, and it absolutely consumed my life. And that was not good, and it was not healthy. Love addiction is like any other addiction. You're filling yourself up with something outside of you. And if you really feel like this is you, in my very, very brief description there, I encourage you to either get help with a program. You can Google um, Love Love Addicts Anonymous and definitely grab that book, Facing Love Addiction by Pia Melody. So the fourth reason that your relationship might be falling apart is that you expect it to fall apart. And that might look like if your self-esteem and your self-worth are unhealthy, this is when you expect your relationships to fail. So if you think that all the 
all the men that you meet are jerks and they're crazies and that you, you know, you're just determined that they're going to leave you, you will find evidence of this. Like I was, I was talking about a few minutes ago, your inner critic and your beliefs will look for this and find evidence of it and it will replay in your mind. See, they're all jerks. They're all going to start out strong and then, and then stop texting me. Then you might actually even articulate that to all your friends and just complain and and look and even look for the friends that you know are willing to collude with you about it. So I think that what I would love for you to get curious about is to ask yourself why you think that you why 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 do you assume this? Is it because it's been your track record um, and that it's might be like a fact like that's history. And if that's true, then it might be time to investigate how you actually feel about yourself. And again, this is not to blame and shame yourself. It absolutely isn't. But it is so important. It is so, I cannot tell you enough. (laughs) I'm getting dramatic over here. I cannot tell you enough how important it is for you to look at your own stuff and really work on yourself to be in a healthy relationship. How you feel about yourself will dictate the health of your relationships. And I'm not saying that you need to get to a place where you are free from disempowering beliefs and you are free from your inner critic because that's never going to happen. I work with a lot of really smart, amazing women that are constantly on a journey to better themselves and relationship stuff still will come up and so it's not again it's not a matter of of being over there it's a matter of meeting yourself where you are and making a commitment to work on yourself so the fifth reason why your relationships might be falling apart is that you sabotage any healthy relationship that you're in So let's say you've had a string of shit relationships. Then you meet a really nice, normal, loving guy. And pretty soon you find yourself picking fights or flirting with other guys. Or maybe you're thinking of leaving the relationship altogether and just running. And a couple of things might be happening. First, you might be bored because you're used to kind of craziness. You're used to you know, things falling apart, you're used to maybe chaos and drama, Um, maybe it's what you grew up seeing, maybe it's been the history of your relationships and you're not used to normalness. Or maybe deep down your inner critic is telling you that you don't deserve to have this nice, normal, healthy relationship. So you might be doing things probably unconsciously to cause problems and end the relationship. I did this in the beginning of my relationship with my husband. I noticed I started sabotaging it and I called my therapist and I was like help me (laughs) what am I doing here I have this like great normal guy and what am I doing and she pointed out that I was used to chaos I was used to a roller coaster of a relationship where there was a lot of drama there was, um, it was intense. It was intense. It was, it was either really high highs or really low lows. And I wasn't used to just kind of being and just like not fighting and, um, you know, not doing all these weird behaviors to try to communicate. And so she informed me that healthy relationships 
don't have a lot of drama. They don't have a lot of intensity and chaos and all of these things. And so that was a huge eye opener for me. So I had to actually learn how to be in a normal, healthy relationship. And what that actually looked like was I had to learn how to communicate in a healthy way and not expect him to read my mind. I had to learn, I had to dig deep into my own family of origin stuff and look at how I viewed, um, how I viewed things like communication, how I viewed uh, my role in a relationship, how I viewed, like so many different things and so many layers. And I don't mean to overwhelm you, but it can, it, it goes, you know, like one step at a time. But um, that's really what it looked like to learn how to be in a healthy relationship. And he was not perfect either. Like, don't get me wrong. He was not perfect either. It was definitely a mutual decision that we made to work on ourselves and look at our own stuff and like what we were bringing into relationship. I mean, I was in my we were both in our early 30s. And, um, it, you know, when you get to be kind of like that age, it's like you, you definitely have some stuff that you are bringing into the relationship. You have a string of other relationships and family stuff and all kinds of stuff that you're bringing in. So it was a mutual decision. So the sixth reason why your relationship might be falling apart is, I just talked about this a little bit, is you might kind of be a drama addict. And maybe you're so used to chaos, intensity, and drama that might be it. I, I personally don't see anything wrong with a little bit of drama every once in a while. But if this is your default way of communicating with your partner, or if your relationship has, like I was saying, like an emotional roller coaster, like really high highs, like fights, and then like these, you know, makeup sex and like once a week, then that probably is a red flag that, that's a little bit unhealthy. And I again, I had to learn that communication did not involve slamming doors, yelling, hanging up on each other, ending each argument with go fuck yourself. Sometimes I was like, so is this kind of like boring? <laughs> and again, my therapist was like, okay, like that's actually not healthy to communicate that way. And there's a respectful way to do this, there's a respectful way to ask for what you need and have conversations and own your stuff. And, you know, who knew? I certainly didn't. So the seventh reason that your relationship might be falling apart is that you're waiting for someone to complete you. Okay. I just really think that even Prince Charming has his like not so great ball scratching being an asshole moments. And like I really want to throw up when I see that scene in Jerry Maguire when he tells um, Renee Zellweger, you complete me. And you know, it's, it's all very romantic and it's all very kind of like Cinderella story and to be honest with you, you know, I have a little girl and we were watching Cinderella and at the end of it, like I had tears in my eyes and I was like, it's, so, there's just something about that that is so sweet and romantic. And I'm not saying that you need to like go on like a tirade about, about <laughs> romantic movies and romantic comedies, but the real life is that autonomy is essential to a healthy relationship. If you aren't complete before you get into a relationship, or at least like, I mean, I think my ask is that you know that you need to be complete on your own and that you need, and I'll tell you, this was so hard for me. This was so incredibly hard for me because I had always looked to someone else to validate me. When I felt loved by other people, that's when I loved myself. When I felt 
not loved and when I felt mistreated, which was much of the time, I felt like shit about myself. I was completely esteeming myself through someone else's eyes. And so I was constantly setting myself up for disappointment. And that is a painful way to live. I will tell you that is a painful way to live. So if you're actually looking for someone to complete you, you're in trouble. It's no one's job but yours to bring your own happiness to the relationship. Is having a healthy relationship amazing? It's a huge bonus. It is a huge bonus. But putting that responsibility on your partner, it's it's not only unfair, but it's unhealthy. I mean, it's not fair to say like, I need you to fill out this job application that your job is to always make me happy and always make me feel good about myself. That's essentially what I used to do. And that's not anyone's job except mine. So if you notice a pattern about all of these seven things I just talked about is that they all come back to you. They all come back to self. I see people all the time, and again, I did it all myself, search for love and happiness in a relationship. And of course, it's important to have those things. But if you don't have it in yourself first and foremost, you're going to be running in circles and thinking, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And I assure you, there is nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. It's just what you've learned. And relationships are hard and tricky and complicated. But I think the bottom line of it, if I could sum up this entire thing in one line, is that you need to look at yourself and your behaviors and work on it and practice self-kindness along the way. Because I, what I also find that happens when people start to do this work is that they kind of start to pull the covers off and they see all the patterns and they're like, they feel so overwhelmed, like, oh my God, I can't possibly get to the bottom of this. I can't possibly heal myself in order to have a healthy relationship. And the truth is, is that we can do hard things. We can all do hard things. And I think that what you've just probably gotten used to is participating in all the behaviors that allow things to not work out. It's the people-pleasing, it's the perfectionism, it's the hiding out, it's the numbing out, it's blaming, lashing out, all those like offloading hurt type of behaviors. And it's about looking at those and realizing when you do it, like that story I told you about getting really curious about it and kind of telling on yourself and just kind of mothering yourself, for lack of a better term, taking care of yourself along the way and doing your best to choose different behaviors, doing your best to reach out for support when you feel like you need it and really practice self-kindness. Phew, that was a big one. And I appreciate you being here. And again, yourkickasslife.com forward slash 108 is a worksheet that I have for you on all of these the kind of like reasons, criteria, whatever you want to call it, bullet points, where I am asking you some powerful questions to sort of get to the bottom of it. You can skip any of the questions that you want that you don't feel like applied to you, although you might not want to skip them. They're more kind of like journaling type questions. And again, there's a video on that page where I sort of walk you through it and give you some additional resources around these topics. So Ask Kickers, I just adore all of you. I'm so glad you're here. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.